The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right, as the investigation continues into one of the deadliest killing sprees in Canadian history, we're learning more about the gunman who murdered 22 people in Nova Scotia last April. There's always been questions out there about where he got his money and his guns, and we have some of those answers this afternoon thanks to the investigative work of our next guest and his team. Brian Hill is the Global News investigative reporter, head of research, and web content for for the 13 Hours podcast, which delves into this tragedy. And Brian joins us now. Brian, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. All right. So give us an idea a little bit. And and, and I guess we have to go back a couple of decades. And it it starts really with a person by the name of Tom Evans. Tell us about this person. Sure. So uh, Tom Evans was uh, a lawyer in um, in New Brunswick back in the 1980s. He he began practicing law in 1980. And I mean, you may ask, what does this have to do with the uh, murders that occurred mm-hmm. 40 years later? But essentially, um, Tom became uh, very very close friends with Gabriel Wardman, the gunman. Um, and uh, that happened, uh, at least for Wardman, at a young age. So what we're learning here is that um, from childhood, essentially, uh, Gabriel Wardman was friends with Tom Evans, this lawyer, uh, who, a disgraced lawyer, I guess you could say, um, had several criminal convictions himself, including sexual assault, um, uh, liquor control board uh, violations, uh, unlawful use of a firearm. Um, and so this man uh, befriend, befriend, befriended uh, Gabriel Wartman, um, uh, you know, who was 19 years younger than him, actually. And, uh, wow. and, and that relationship was fundamental. And it actually turns out that that was the source of of um, direct source of at least one of the weapons used in the attacks uh, last year and indirectly to several other weapons that were used. What, what, what have you learned about that relationship between Evans and Wartman and, and why it was so tight? 20 years age uh-huh. difference, but have you been able to figure out what it was that really tied those two together? Mm-hmm. Well, we've spoken to several people who knew both of them, um, and uh, essentially they say that it was their crookedness uh, that bonded them together, um, <laughs> that, yeah, that both men were involved in illegal activities. Um, you know, whether or not it was Tom who introduced uh, Wartman to these activities, it's it's difficult to say, but what what we have heard is that a lot of the things that uh, uh, Wartman has been accused of, such as smuggling uh, cigarettes, alcohol, potentially other things, we know that weapons were smuggled across the border, um, that these activities were things that Tom Evans was involved in decades before the shooting sprees occurred. So the shooting spree occurred. So, um, you know, we've heard from people who, who knew both men well and said, yeah, both they were smuggling cigarettes, they were smuggling alcohol, using a sailboat that Evans owned um, between Maine and New Brunswick, um, that this was a source of wealth for both men, um, that there were large quantities of cash always around, um, these sorts of things. Um, you know, the, the one of the interesting things we had learned is that um, 
Tom Evans uh, apparently had hiding spots in his home too, mm-hmm. which we've heard about the gunman as well, that he had hiding spots where he kept uh, weapons, for example. So um, the relationship was pivotal in the sense that, well, one, it went on for so many years, but two, um, it seems like a lot of the things that uh, these illegal activities that the gunman was involved in uh, may have started at the time uh, and, and, you know, with his relationship with Tom Evans. And there, and there were family members who suggested to the gunman saying, "Hey, you know what? You need to stay away from this Tom Evans guy. He's bad news." You've, 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 you've talked to folks who have said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, Glenn Warman, uh, the gunman's uncle, he uh, essentially Warman was introduced uh, to uh, Tom Evans through his uncle, Glenn. Uh, Glenn was roommates with Evans decades ago um, while they were living in Moncton. And it's as a result of that relationship that Tom Evans became close to Gabriel Wartman and, and to the Evans family as a whole, in fact. So he, he or sorry, to the Wartman family as a whole. And so, um, you know, as time went on, though, I think Glenn realized that, you know, Tom is a crook in his words and that uh the this relationship was damaging and, and potentially dangerous so he so he said he warned uh Mortman's parents to keep him away brian you mentioned earlier that um this this man this tom evans uh had been suspended from the law society after he was charged with sexually assaulting an underage boy and plying him with liquor. He was convicted of this crime, sentenced to three months in jail, but resigned as a lawyer four days before his guilty verdict was handed down, which in turn prevented the law society from conducting its own disciplinary investigation into the charges. You know, I I think for some that would raise red flags right there and and make people wonder if, if there was, if there was a tie between um, uh, Evans and Wartman. Wartman, maybe um, uh, along these lines, that maybe mm-hmm. someone's afraid to say something or or not. Mm-hmm. What what did you find out on on that front? Especially again, that age difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we we don't know. Nobody nobody we spoke with. No one we spoke with. Um, suggested that there was an abuse that the relationship between the two was abusive Um, so that that's not something we've heard Um, what we have heard uh, from close family friend is that there you know that Warman did have a troubled childhood we've seen that in uh, court documents as well referring to uh, potential abuse Um, but you know, we, we with respect to that relationship with Tom Evans, I think you're right. It's it's um, with given the history, there is a uh, there are questions to be raised there, but we've not heard um, specifically um, mm-hmm. of that type of abuse with respect to their relationship. Or or maybe he, it was more of a father figure relationship. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, whatever it was, it was it was such a, a close relationship that. Evans made Wartman the executor of his estate and left him all of his possessions. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Wartman uh, essentially inherited everything that Evans had at the time of his death in 2009. Um, 
we know through court documents uh, that were submitted by Wartman, actually, um, uh, in, in, a, in a lawsuit that had been filed against Evans' estate, um, that, uh, well, at least Wartman claimed that Evans was broke, really, at the time he died. Uh, he said he had, you know, like $170 in the bank and a few mm-hmm. possessions that weren't worth much. But... Um, We've heard from uh, we've heard from people who knew them that this likely was untrue. That there was more money there. That the uh, that that Wartman lied essentially, and that the the amount of money um, that Evans had at the time of his death could have been significant. Um, and so, you know, we we don't quite know, but we you know we do know that Wartman. Uh, managed to get his hands on several apartment buildings that at one point Evans owned or managed and uh, that those were sold for significant amounts of money. Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's fascinating to read, and if anyone anyway, interesting, you check. Excuse me, check it out at globalnews.ca. But you know, you talk to people who said, you know, uh, people saw Evans with large quantities quantities of cash on more than one occasion, uh, and went on to say, when you watch a guy go into a bank and draw out two hundred and fifty grand, this person says that's pretty damn close to a millionaire. We, you've had, you've talked to witnesses who have seen the money or knew about the money. This just isn't hearsay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and these are people who knew Evans well, right? And mm-hmm. there, there's there's been lots of talk about the, 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 these activities or potentially illegal activities um, that the gunman was involved in or that Evans was involved in. And uh, the idea that there was a lot of cash flowing around is certainly something that we've heard from a number of people. Well, and didn't uh, didn't they find like over seven hundred grand buried in uh, Wartman's backyard mm-hmm. in the days after? They did, yeah. So we know that he had liquidated a bunch of assets that he that he uh, that he owned uh, investments, and then taken that money out. But uh, there, there's a significant amount of money uh, in, in excess of about one hundred seventy thousand dollars, at least. Um, that was unaccounted for, really. Um, and so, yeah, when police dug up the properties that uh, that Warman owned in the Portapique area, they they found yeah, seven hundred five thousand dollars in cash, which um, had been tightly wrapped up and buried in in cans, essentially underneath uh, under the ground. But um, yeah. Brian, as, as you've been working on this, and as the as the team of you know from thirteen hours has been working on it, do, do you feel like you're finding some answers, or or are you know these answers that show up just leading to more questions? Because right now, I still you know I think there's still a lot of folks with a lot of questions about what exactly happened, and I, I'm not sure we'll ever know the full story. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, we always, I think every every story we do, there, there are new questions that come up, um, and we, we are trying to answer those as we go. Um, and uh, you're right, there's certainly a lot more information that uh, people want to know about why these, uh, why the killings happened and um, what police knew, uh, what uh, potentially red flags or warnings were missed, those sorts of things. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, these are all the things that we're continuing to look at. Uh, uh, there, there is the public inquiry, which um, is now underway. Um, you know, mm-hmm. hearing hearings haven't begun, but uh, 
that that public inquiry, I, I think there's a hope and uh, expectation that it will provide some of those answers that we don't uh, yet have. Brian, do you know who is on that list to testify at that public inquiry? Will his will Wartman's um, then uh, common common law partner um, be testifying? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I no, don't. Okay. We we we're not aware of who who will be okay. uh, who will be called to speak. All right, Brian, I want to thank you for this. Keep up uh, the great work, and uh, boy, oh boy, just, <laughs> yeah, 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 you find out some things, and then it just asks, begs more questions to be answered. Thank you for joining us this afternoon, Brian. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Yeah.